Hello, everyone, and welcome to Odyssey House Journals, one of the most watched podcasts dealing honestly with uh, addiction and recovery. Believe it or not, this is our 74th podcast that we've done since this began. I'm Randall Carlisle, along with Rachel Santizo, and Rachel graces us every week with a new t-shirt. What is it today? I know today my t-shirt says enough is enough. And so it's standing for equality and social justice and rights. So that is my stance today. And no particular group, just a general thought. Yeah, I mean, because I, I feel like equality. So there's Black Lives Matter, of course. And then there's also even with stigma three lady to somebody that um, has an addiction and different things. And so I stand for equality, gender-based, just a lot of different ways. All right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty bad today, Rach. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling old. Did you, uh, did you happen to hear about or watch uh, Murder Among the Mormons, a new Netflix documentary? No, but I actually came across it last night and I was interested in watching it. So tell me more. Well, it was, it was uh, back in the mid-1980s. So we're talking 36 years ago. And I watched it last night, and there's a ton of news clips of me when I was at Channel 2 talking about the Mark Hoffman bombing murders. Oh. And I saw myself, and, you know, 36 years ago, I looked a little younger than I do now. But here's the thing, though. You've aged gracefully. Like, you are very <laughs> handsome, and so I would honor oh. that. So, <laughs> well, uh, what you look like then. And, and I was thinking that you and I are both in recovery, and if I would not have quit my functional alcoholic drinking back then, you know, after that, I probably wouldn't be here today. So that's... Yeah, so. You definitely wouldn't look the way that you look today, either, <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah, well... Anyway, so catch it if you can. It's a really interesting, it was an interesting time because everybody thought there was a crazy bomber on the loose killing people downtown and it was, it made national news and uh, it, it, it's pretty good, so. I am definitely gonna watch it later and then I'll text you. And, and I didn't get a free subscription to Netflix for plugging that, just so in case anybody's wondering, okay? Hey, we, we have had some great guests lately. Uh, last week's guest, AJ, you could write a book about his life. I was just amazed by it. Right, he should write a book about his life. He should. You could make a movie and people wouldn't believe it. And today we have another great guest. You want to introduce him? I do. So today we have the phenomenal Mike Cox, and he, he's gone through Odyssey. He works at Odyssey. And I've been around a lot of our clients, and he knows how to get things done for sure. And so without further ado, Mike. Punch up your audio or your video button. Hi, Mike. Hi, Hi Mike. how's it going? Good. So I actually have seen the first couple episodes of that show. I was watching it last night, and I was like, Oh my gosh, that is Randall Carlyle. I know him. Yeah. yeah, but he looks a little older now. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. It, took, it took a second. I was like, is that? Oh yeah, that's him. It was, it was the voice that gave it away. I mean, uh, okay. That's totally Randall. I can, oh, see in, I can see in the background, you have a prejudice for a certain NFL team. I do, I do. You know, one of my coworkers has uh, the Denver Broncos on his wall. So, you know, I had to you know, outdo him. Sure. Naturally, sure. right? Because that's what we do. 
So, so this is this this podcast is about you know addiction and recovery, and and thank goodness you're in recovery like all three of us are. How did how did it all begin? Uh, let, how about if you can just give us a short synopsis of your your life story? Uh, play by play. Okay, so basically, I was I was born in California, right, um, Southern California, and uh, raised by my grandparents. You know, never really knew my my real mom or my real dad. Um, so, you know, things were, I had a pretty good childhood, pretty average childhood, you know, middle-class family, um, obviously didn't, didn't have everything I wanted, but had everything I needed, right? <laughs> Who has everything they want, right? Exactly. Uh, I think, I think uh, things started really going downhill at about 13. Uh, my, my grandmother had a stroke uh, and was put into a nursing home and, and, and my pops, bless his heart, worked his butt off to provide for the family. So he was never really home. Um, so it, it was at that time I started ditching school and, you know, getting involved with the wrong crowds and kind of acting out a little bit, had no real guidance at the time. And one thing kind of led to another, and you know, dropped out of high school, all that stuff. Um, ended up moving to Utah when I was, Oh gosh, it was 2012. I moved out here. Culture shock. Yeah, <laughs> culture shock. Yeah, but not but not too much, right? So like, I took the Greyhound out here, right? And um, I got off the bus, and well, we all know what was what used to be at the Greyhound station, right? Good old Rio Grande, right? So I kind of got off the bus and never left. Um, what did you, why did you come to Utah in the first place? So my biological dad lives out here. Okay. Um, and that, that's kind of what brought me out here was, was hoping to reconnect with him and kind of start a life with him. I was, I was also running from some stuff in California, uh, which was the main reason I came out here. I kind of, I went into the station and asked for a ticket. And I says, what's, what's the next place out of here? They said, Salt Lake City. <laughs> I said, you got anything else? Like any anywhere else in the world? It says Salt Lake. The only other the only other uh, departures today, well, the only departure today is Salt Lake City. All the other departures are for other locations, and that's tomorrow. I said, well, Thank goodness you didn't watch that movie first, right? Yeah, Before you came. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> for people for people who don't who don't remember what. Rio Grande, that, that whole area was like, when you got off the bus, uh, were you, what, what were you greeted by and, and how did that uh, play into your addiction? Uh, honestly, so it was, it was a lot of kind of lawlessness. It was a, its own type of controlled chaos. Uh, a lot of people suffering from homelessness, uh, which I happened to be at the time, right? Uh, so I kind of fit right in. People selling drugs, people just doing drugs out in the open, people kind of doing whatever they wanted to do. Uh, and, and it all, you know, you had a, a lot of great people uh, that come and, and try to give to the homeless population. So you really don't have to leave the area for it. Well, didn't have to leave the area for anything. You could sit right there on the island and do, your, do what you wanted to do. And people would bring you food, people would bring you clothes, people would. You know, the showers were right there at the Wiggins Center. Uh, so you kind of had everything you needed.
and, and yeah. didn't have to leave. It kind of seems like leading up to this point, you were trying to find a sense of feeling a part of um, and supported, right? And it just kind of trickled down and then you end up on Rio Grande. And then what happened? Yeah, so uh, I, I then spent about the next five years uh, kind of wandering, lost, right? Uh, doing drugs, you know, running kind of similar to how it all started, right? Just hanging with the wrong crowds, you know, living kind of day to day, fix to fix, hour to hour, minute to minute. Uh, taking advantage of whoever I could to get what I wanted. Right. Um, most days I would work a temp job to try to, to get my needs met, but uh, some days there wasn't work. So I had to, you know, do what I could to get what I, I felt I needed. Um, what was your drug of choice back then? Uh, meth. And then once I got introduced to spice, it switched to spice is the primary, meth is the backup. Okay. Which is kind of an interesting combination when you think about it. Uh, but I was I was hooked on spice so bad. Uh, I would go through probably a couple hundred dollars a day worth. Uh, and when I finally did detox off of it, it was I had people telling me it looked like I was coming off of heroin. So that 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 stuff is no joke. It's interesting that you say that because I thought spice was comparable to marijuana, right? And then I used to be that person that would go down to the block. Rio Grande is also called the block um, and do the clothing and the donations and all those things. And I would see people nodding out and they were actually on spice. But yeah. from my former knowledge, I thought it would be heroin. And so I could see the destructive nature of the spice. It's not this um, organic type of drug by any means. It is not. No, that's actually why I started trying it because, you know, I used to, I would do, I would do the math and then I would use marijuana to calm down. Right. Uh, and then it's kind of hard to get a job when you have THC in your system. And like I said, I, I was kind of trying to find work. I was always kind of trying to do the right thing, but I was suffering from homelessness. So I always ended up back at the block and, you know, it's kind of, you're only going to be at the barbershop so long before you get a haircut, right? <laughs> and that's right. They that's didn't good... test for spice, right? Like drug uh, tests did not include spice. Yeah, it didn't back then. And it was actually legal when I first started it. Right. So How did, a couple hundred bucks a day. Temp work doesn't provide that. How in the world did you finance your habit? I mean, you you know, you do what you can, right? You take you take the 50, 60 bucks you earn at the temp job, you buy a little bit, use a little bit, sell a little bit, uh, and just kind of keep flipping it to to get what you need. Were you happy? Oh no. Not at all. Like I said, I was, I was always waiting for a way out, trying to find a way out, uh, but I always found my way back. Um, well, and now you're sitting here and you have this wedding ring on your finger. I do. How did you get from the block to where you are today? Like, what, what was your um, pivotal point in your life? Um, you know, I had, I had really just got fed up and, and I knew there was something better for me, right? Uh, and I was, I had been calling the VOA. This is Operation Diversion. Uh, for those that don't know what that is, it was basically, I consider it like the test run for Operation Rio Grande. Uh, it was the original Operation Rio Grande. And uh, that had just started, I think it was like the first wave. Uh, and I, had, I was calling the VOA day after day after day after day. 
and they just said, sorry, we don't have beds. We're, you know, we're all booked up because of operation diversion. And I, and I got frustrated after about a week. And I said to the person on the phone, I said, what do I have to do? Take drugs to a cop and catch charges just to get a bed and, and change my life. And they couldn't really help me on the VOA, right? I was just another disgruntled addict. Uh, and I, as, as someone in the field now, I kind of see where they were coming from. Like, dude, we're sorry. Like, there's nothing we can really do for you unless that's not what happens. Uh, luckily, there was a staff member at the road home that overheard this conversation. Uh, real angel in disguise uh, has to be, pulls, pulls me to the side. He was the VA rep at the time. I can't even remember his name. I'm not a veteran. Um, he was just an all around good dude. Uh, pulled me to the side and said, you know, you don't have to catch a new charge. What would you do if I said I could get you into treatment in the next few hours? You don't have to pay a dime. You're good to go. I said, I'd get my stuff and I'd get in your car. So he then directed me to the community actions place, which was right across the street from the road home at the time. Uh, they assessed me uh, and then took me to admissions. I met some wonderful people. And from there, I was transported to the adult house, uh, now called downtown, Odyssey House. And that's where my treatment journey began. Uh, How did the operation motivate you? Because it seemed like once the operation was in place, then you really wanted to get treatment. And why was that? Well, I think, I think like I said, I, I had always deep down wanted to change. Right? I, I knew there was something better for me. Uh, and I had eventually just got fed up. And then when I saw Operation Diversion happening and, and all of a sudden it, it wasn't really, like I didn't know much about rehab or treatment or anything like that. And then the block was kind of flooded with all this information of there's Odyssey House, there's First Step, there's the Haven, there's, there's all these wonderful places that want to help people. Uh, and that's when the seed was kind of planted, right? And I... So I was like, okay, maybe that's what I need, right? Maybe, maybe that'll help me, right? Then I got to the adult house and I was like, holy Toledo, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was, it was kind of another culture shock, but another different type of controlled chaos, right? But, but I think what kept me going through all of it was the fact that I really wanted it. Right? I didn't want to go back and I was going to do whatever it took to not go back to where I came from. A lot of, a lot of the people, uh, especially relatives of, of uh, people of addicts, uh, wanna know, because their kids are still in active addiction, they wanna know what it is at what point that prompts you to just make the decision, I'm done with this and I'm gonna get some help. I mean, is there any magical answer to that? Uh, I don't, I don't think there's some kind of magical moment. I mean, there is a magical moment for a person. Uh, what, what it takes to kind of activate it or make it click, I think really varies upon the addict, addict right? Um, for me, like I said, uh, it, it just built up to a point where I was at rock bottom. I didn't have, I didn't have family, right? I didn't have friends. I had the people I associated with on the block. Uh, all my family had passed away. I had my biological father who he's, you know, he's his own, battling his own demons, right? 
so I have, have to keep distance from him. And, and it was really just like a moment in my life where I just remembered, I remembered my early childhood and the, and the person I was raised to be and, mm-hmm. and how, how bad I wanted to be that, right? And, and I never really forgot the morals and, and all the good things my, my father taught me. And I wanted to be a dad and I wanted to be a good husband and I wanted to be a good member of society, right? I wanted to help others. And there was no way I could do that where I was. So I think something just finally clicked, like I said, when, when the diversion happened uh, and, and there were all these opportunities given. And then I started meeting Odyssey House graduates and seeing the wonderful things they were doing for the community. People like Rachel Santizo right there, you know, uh, seeing the good work they were doing, giving back and, and being, you know, I want to be that one day. I want to be that guy one day. And, and luckily I had that opportunity. How old were you when you went into Odyssey and look at you now, Mike, like you are that, like how did Odyssey help you get to where you are? So now it's not just work, you're actually living proof of it. Yeah, I think, I think the thing that worked most for me for Odyssey was the structure. Um, how the, It's a therapeutic community, right? So I, I think hearing from people that are in the same spot as you and people that have been where you are and then the graduates coming and giving back and and therapists and staff members who, who aren't gonna baby you, right? Because they didn't do that back then when I was in treatment, right? There was no babying. It was, we're gonna call you on your stuff and we're gonna help you fix it. And we're gonna help you get through it. And if you put in the work, we promise you, you're gonna have a better life. And I think having faith in these people, uh, learning to trust others, which is hard for a lot of people uh, that come from where we come from, right? Like. You come from a world of people that if they got nothing to gain from you, they don't want to help you. And, and the people at Odyssey House really showed me like, we don't want nothing from you, but for you to be the best version of yourself. And we believe in you and we know you can do it. And I hadn't had that since my pops passed away. I didn't have someone kind of in my corner saying, you can do it. The only thing we want from you is your success. Like, and and that, was, that was amazing to me. That was a game changer. And, and how long did it take you and, and, and where are you now? And, and I've got to share, I mean, you know, where you are now is happily married with a child you dearly love because you post a million pictures every day on Facebook. So, but yeah. how'd, how'd you get to that point? Uh, I think it just really, it just, it all worked out when I, I continued to live uh, by the values and morals I was taught growing up and, continue to live by the things Odyssey taught me, you know, things like unconditional peer support, right? Just, just stepping up for others, right? Working hard, making sure a job gets done, even if you got to do it yourself, right? Um, things like that, and just basically integrity, right? Be the same in the light that you are in the dark, right? If someone asks you to do something, they know you're going to do it right. They don't got to worry about you doing some sneaky stuff behind the scenes, uh, they can say, hey, can you do this? You say yes, and they know it's done. Being that type of person, um, just reliable, honest, you know, that type yeah. of person, and everything kind of just fell into place, right? Uh, ended up meeting my my now wife, right? Uh, well, fiance, we are, we're going to tie them out once COVID dies down, right? We want a normal wedding where people don't have to wear masks, Uh so, yeah, and it all just kind of fell together, like just 
I guess you could say like they teach you here at Odyssey, just continue to do the next right thing. And, and your son, you have a wonderful son who's just cute as hell. Of course, you know, from the pictures, I haven't met him. Uh, how's that make you feel? I mean, you go from the depths of being down on, on the block to being having a loving partner and a great son, and now you're working at Odyssey House. I mean, how do you feel? I mean, I words can't really describe it, right? Like I, I feel like I've I finally accomplished a dream I've had in my life. Right about I always wanted to be a father, but there was always that fear of what could I offer, right? And I feel like now I have plenty to offer as far as wisdom and guidance and and all the things the father does, right? Teach him how to play ball and you know, teach him his work ethic, you know. All, all those things that I didn't really know before. Well, I always knew how to play ball. For those that don't know, Odyssey has a softball team. We're, we're pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, but the, the work ethic bothers me. I see you have him pushing the sweeper around the house, or the vacuum cleaner around the house already. Don't you think he's a little young for that? You know, hey, I mean, you got to put your work in, right? No free lunch. No free lunch. <laughs> and, and, and you're running a program now at Odyssey House. Describe that. I am, yeah. So I am the program manager at our Lighthouse facility, uh, which is a huge honor um, to, to be trusted in this type of position, basically. The, you know, my job is a lot of facility, uh, making sure the facility is up to code and maintenance and things like that. But I think the bigger part of it is, for myself anyway, is being able to work with the clients. Uh, and, and kind of guide them along the path, as well as uh, ensuring and, you know, being, being that feedback and that voice for the program and the foundations and our traditions and, and making sure things like that don't get lost uh, in translation as we bring in these, you know, newer clinicians and newer people that aren't necessarily affiliated with Odyssey, because uh, anyone who knows anything about Odyssey knows we are our own animal. There's a lot of things we do that are different from what everyone else does, and, and that's what makes us the best in the state. We've got 31 awards. Yeah, now 31. Right? Yeah. Uh, and, and we've been the best since we started in, in the 70s. Uh, the programs okay. evolved. Definitely programs definitely evolved to meet the needs of the people, and it will continue to do so. And we'll continue to save lives. Is it safe to say so coming from the environments that you have, right? And now you're running a program and things have changed a lot because of COVID. But is it is it safe to say that you have acquired some skills so that you can help people that are maybe trying to get sober in this challenging time? Like how is that for you? Oh yeah, I've 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 absolutely acquired skills. Uh, basically coming through Odyssey, they teach you skills. Right, which you can pass on. There's the BBT skills, there's coping skills, there's CBT, all the all the T's, all the ABCs, right? <laughs> uh, and then just community partners and people like that, people like you, Rachel, people like Casey Erickson with FTR. Uh, there's people in YPR, I know. Uh, there's people at USARA, I know, kind of resources uh, to direct people to, but also using my own personal experience. I, I, I keep my certificate on my wall here in my office uh, so people know when they come in and say, well, you just don't know what it's like. 
<laughs> I kind of, I kind of give them, yeah, that funny look, like Rachel did. Well, and then I slowly point to my certificate, and then they see, oh, you're a graduate, yeah. So, and then, and that kind of opens, opens the mind, right? Makes them more receptive to the feedback. Uh, it's, it's easier to take advice from someone who you know has been there. In my experience, right, than from someone who kind of learned everything in school, right? Uh, yeah. Plus, I'm also in school, which is helping teaching me more skills. Uh, working towards, uh, I'm thinking probably a CMHC is where I'm going to head. Focus more on the mental health part of it all. And, and, and a lot of people, a lot of our clients who do come in have co-occurring problems. I mean, not just the substance use, but but mental issues as well. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times I'm checking in with clients, and they got they got stuff going on. And I'm like, shoot, hey, you're crazy. I'm crazy too. Let's <laughs> let's talk, right? And it, and it builds that rapport with them. Uh, and, it, and that's like, sort of the magic of, of Odyssey House. I mean, if people look at it from the outside, they say. I don't want my attic kid or my attic husband or wife going in being uh, working with a bunch of other recovering addicts, but that, but that really is why it works so well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's a solid balance. Uh, and I think, I think a lot of honesty success is due to that, right? The, the value of the TC is graduates coming and working here and giving back and, and pursuing their careers and their degrees and, and being able to be a well-rounded professional uh, a well-rounded clinician in order to guide these newer people along the same path. Uh, and at the same time, we have the balance of the people who just have the disease, right? Maybe maybe they have a loved one or something that that suffered with addiction. And sorry, I'm in my office and my door coming. Kind of, <laughs> let me in, let me yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> constant knocking. So, but uh, yeah, but maybe, maybe they, you know, they have the skills that they learned at the U or, you know, or wherever, whatever school they went to. And maybe they have a loved one who's suffering with addiction and that's why they got into this field. So they still have experience with it, even though they didn't necessarily deal with it themselves. And, and I think it's people like us that, that can change, change a lot of these lives and save a lot of these lives. We're, we're, out, of we're out of time, Mike. Uh, if, if we could wrap this up, would you just summarize your observation about life, uh, about your old life uh, in addiction and your new life now. Compare addiction and recovery. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, addiction's brutal, right? Like for me, I was, I was grimy. I, I would do what I had to do, like I said earlier, to get what I need. I was shady. I was shysty. I was a liar. Um, I, I, I wasn't someone that could be trusted. Right? Life was dark and gloomy uh, and now uh, it's pretty much the polar opposite of all of that life is great like you said i have i have an amazing fiance uh, who truly loves me for me right i have the most adorable son in the world i know everyone says their kids are cutest uh but sorry mine is <laughs> <laughs> he is um, yeah, and life is great like i said I'm, I'm blessed to work for an amazing company that changed my life uh, I truly believe in what we do and everything we stand for, and I'm blessed to be able to give back. And life is great; it's fun, it's happy. I have real friends, real family. And I, I couldn't ask for more. So. Mike, you are one of a kind. Like, thank you for doing this. You are seriously one of a kind. And I was looking at my 
graduation certificate. Um, I'm reminded and I need those reminders. And then I also have another reminder in my house. Behind me is a picture of Randall <laughs> and it's hanging in my living room. And so you know, like where we've been and where we are, it's really yeah. important for us to yeah. honor those, those, those things that we work so hard to achieve. So again, you're one of a kind, like, thank you for being on here. Thank you for being here. Thank you guys for having me. And thank you, thank you all out there for watching another edition of Odyssey House Journals.